Hello, fellow Zeros. Welcome to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast where we break down superhero movies in a bracket. That's right, we're doing the rest of round one and round two, I guess round two, three, and four. <laughs> and we're concluding our, our super movie showdown. I'm reading it because it's written in pencil, very light on a board. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm your host, Sequel, which sounds really weird to say. It does, right? Right. That's why I didn't want to say it when I did it last time. It sounds inc- incredibly strange. Um, I'm with two other bracketologists. <laughs> Ooh. I like it. It makes us sound official. There's Joe. I really should have seen that intro coming. And Corey. How did you not see that intro coming? I'm a fool. <laughs> A little inside baseball, whenever I want to start the show, I'll look at Joe and I'll say, hello, fellow Zeros, because that's kind of how we started the show. For like the first four episodes or so. <laughs> I think it was a lot longer than that. I, yeah, like I want to say like the first 40 episodes. It was like it was the opener for a while, and yeah. then you started switching it up. And then I tweaked it slightly. <laughs> Ever so. Yeah. I kind of fumbled it a little bit, but uh, You did no. great. You did great for me. I think it was better than mine. Yours is off the cuff, though. We didn't even know we were doing it. That's true. I've, I had a, an hour and a half to prepare, so. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that, sequel. Yeah, you were no both problem. great. Oh, thanks. thanks, Joe. Now you know. Now you have a little bit of insight of what my job is like. Let us know in the comments Can you, who's like, better. scooch that down just a little? Just a little, a little bit more than that. It's fine. Right there. Joe, I'm going to give you the pen. And with my eyesight, I'm relying on both of you to read off everything because I can't see crap on that side of the board. Don't worry. We will. All right. At least one of us will. Joe, since you're closest to the board, why don't you uh, kick us off here? (laughs) Our two remaining regions from the first, I guess, first round, and then everything else will follow, are the non-MCU Marvel movies and DC movies. We're going to start with non-MCU Marvel just because it's the one at the top. So X-Men? It's basically the X-Men region. There's one curveball thrown in there. We got... I don't, I don't really think it's that much of a curveball, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, so oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, okay, never mind. Is. Sorry, missed that one. So our 1 through 8 seed, including the scores for the non-MCU Marvel movies, we have our 1 seed is Logan with a 91.5. Oh, if you're not... If for some reason you're listening to this without listening to the first one, it's Rotten Tomato averages of the critics and audience scores is what makes the total score. The second seed is X-Men Days of Future Past with a 90.5. Spider-Man 2 is our spoiler, I guess. Our non-X-Men. Our non-X-Men, really. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's the three seed. That's what I'm calling it. And it scores at 87.5. Also with an 87.5, the four seed is Deadpool. The tiebreaker, once again, was just number of reviews. The fifth seed is X-Men First Class, 86.5. With an 85, our sixth seed is X2, X-Men United, or X-Men 2. That has so many names, I just put X2 in the board. Number 7 is Deadpool 2, with an 84.5. And rounding out the tournament at the 8th seed is X-Men, with an 82. Our first matchup is the 1 seed Logan versus the 8 seed X-Men. Let's talk about it. This, this is going to be quick, man. It is going to be quick. <laughs> um, I watched Logan this week. <laughs> Of course you did. In I, preparation? As I do most weeks. <laughs> no, I've actually got... This is my first viewing in 2020 of Logan. Um, I don't think I've seen it since it kind of like... 
I haven't seen it since I watched Logan Noir after I got the Blu-ray. Yeah, it, it kind of faded. It kind of just faded away. We like I watched it a bunch of times right after it came out, and I have not seen it since. Logan's awesome. It's uh, this old man Logan storyline from the comic book. Um, Tweaked a lot because they don't have the rights to a lot of the people in that graphic novel. Sure, it's the first R-rated um, Wolverine that we get, which is very refreshing. He uses his claws a lot. Correctly, um, also? Yes. I think Hugh Jackman did an incredible job. I think Patrick Stewart as Professor X battling dementia is incredible as well. Um, again, I, I, I wasn't here for the Logan review, but I did email in. But you have the most powerful mind in the universe dealing with a mental illness. It's, it's, that's what a... That's a terrifying thing. Terrifying thing. Powerful story arc for him. Um... You got the uh, reveal of Logan's daughter, which was, and I normally find child actors incredibly annoying, and she had the potential to be incredibly annoying, but she was brilliant in it. She was great. She was mostly action because she couldn't understand what she was saying for most of it until she reveals that she can speak English. Um, uh, yeah. Well, some people could understand what she was saying if you spoke Spanish. Right. But but they didn't subtitle it. For I assume it, it wasn't is, gibberish. They didn't subtitle it. Yeah. That would have been such a strong move. <laughs> Power move, just yeah, power move, up, just making a made-up made up Spanish words. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this, as a character study with, with with Logan, I mean, it's it's a he's at the end of his life. He's finally facing his mortality. Um, the thing that's given him his power is also what's killing him. Exactly. He doesn't have a lot of time left. He's coming to grips with all of that. He is close to ending it all himself just to escape the pain because he's never really experienced pain before. So we're experiencing pain with logan for the first time he experiences pain all the time but it's it's he just heals heals. it's constant now it's constant pain he's living with a with with chronic pain and he's such a power like it does not like it he's a powerful figure and he it's hard for him to come to grips with this he's also dealing with the sins of his past he's it's it's a cross-country trip he's he has to battle between doing Things for selfish reasons or doing things because it's the right thing to do. Ultimately, he decides to do the right thing to do because he is our hero. This movie is a Western. He's like the old gunslinger gearing up for his last fight. That's Logan in a nutshell. X-Men's next, right? What's it going up against? I don't even remember. X-Men. I can't I see mean, that far X-Men. side of the board. Again, this is, this is a really interesting early matchup because we're getting what we got at the end of our MCU bracket where it's first first last where it was iron man first endgame we're getting hugh jackman's first versus hugh jackman's last and in, in logan versus x-men and unfortunately i had to screw that up with an origins prequel yeah yeah but i mean the first time we saw hugh jackman as yeah. sure logan it, it was an x-men and, and you can argue they're both just wolverine movies for they the are part. i mean yeah really it's 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 so Wolverine heavy X Men, and honestly, it's it's a great introduction to that character. They they he nails this part, and that's what allowed him to do it as often as he did. But I don't think that there's any, at least in my mind, any real question about which performance is better. I mean, Logan might be Hugh Jackman's best performance ever. In any movie? In any movie. I can't think... I mean, he was great in The Greatest Showman, but I don't think it, it holds a candle to what he pulled off in Logan. Can you think of any other movies that, 
that are even come close to what he did with Logan. So Hugh Jackman has an interesting career where he's kind of like made all of his money with this X-Men franchise and he's done like other movies like Swordfish and Les Mis and Greatest Showman and And Real Steel. Yeah, Yeah. like it's... And he's in Eddie the Eagle and he's good in that, but he's basically just Wolverine as a ski instructor. Pretty much like he's, he's kind of one note, but like this is like his swan song, so to speak. This is just like the... The role that like captivates the character. Yeah. Like, people like Wolverine in the other movies. People got sick of Wolverine <laughs> in the other movies. But like this is everything we wanted from a Wolverine movie and more. Yeah. And I mean, I think that one of the missteps by making the X Men franchise so hyper focused on Wolverine is that you take away the potential that you get from the myriad of other mutants that live in this universe, right? Well, the whole point of the X-Men is that they're a team and there's so many characters to focus on. Instead, they just chose to be like, yeah, but we think people are going to respond well to Wolverine. Wolverine's a fan favorite from the cartoon series, so let's just focus on him. But, like, I don't... Like, in growing up, too, like, Cyclops was, like, the leader of the X-Men and they ruin Cyclops in these movies. Yeah. So they do. They bad. absolutely it's, do. Oh, it's awful. I mean, in the first one, it's probably the best... <gasps> It's probably the best treatment that Cyclops gets. You because still hate it, him, though. Well, yeah, but as far as like him not being completely shoved off to the side, at least he appears in this movie and does stuff. Yeah. The rest of the team does too. But see, and that's but that's what makes Logan. That's what gives Logan a light up is that there it's it's supposed to be about him. Sure. So there, there you can't fault it for being focused on Logan, where you can always fault X Men for being. Having so much Wolverine in it, you know, it's 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 weird that the the one reason, <laughs> the one thing we can't knock Logan for is the same thing that we are going to knock X Men for, despite that being the obvious choice in the movie itself. The um, nicest thing I have to say about X Men is it's a pretty good movie, but I hate the treatment of Cyclops. I hate that we don't focus on more mutants, and I hate the uh, the, the villain mutants that they choose to like focus on, like Toad. And I don't like Rogue. I think Rogue's so, like, useless to me. She's, like, not one of my favorites at all. And, like, she's, like, the female lead in this. And I don't know. But Patrick Stewart as Professor X is, was my second favorite superhero casting, <laughs> like, of all time. Sir Ian McKellen plays a phenomenal Magneto. He does. I mean, they, they, don't have, they don't have a big villain problem in, any of the, in, in the X-Men universe generally. But yeah, I don't think that this is, at least for me, much of a, much of a choice. I'm going Logan here. Did you pick already? Logan. Okay, I figured. Sweep it. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna sweep it. Yeah, <laughs> but X Men is the first superhero movie we got. It started everything. It was the first one that taught us that like this could be a viable thing. It that came out wasn't before Spider Man. The only thing that came out before it was like Blade. Which those Superman movies were not well, well, yeah, but okay. So for Marvel, okay, for yes. Marvel to realize that they could turn their properties into successful films, this is the first one, and it still holds up pretty well considering it was made twenty years ago. I, I one thing it has going against it for me also is it, it came out what year two thousand or two thousand one. Two thousand. Chrome was a big deal. Like everything had chrome in it, like the titles in chrome and everything. And I, a lot of the sets, especially like in the science laboratories, is all chromed out. I don't like it. It's a bad look. 
it's dated. That's yeah, it was it was the stylistic choice at the Oof. time, and unfortunately, hasn't aged that great. No. And also, there's a line with him and Rogue in the cab of the truck where he says it hurts every time when they come out, so he has experienced plenty of pain. Okay, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's a good point. Sure. But, uh, but Logan's Logan's a better movie. It's it's Logan is such a good movie. I'm it's sweeping it. Okay. Write it in. Writing it in. While that happens, I will go ahead and get a set up for the next one, which are four or five, which is Deadpool is our four seed versus X Men First Class, which is our five seed. We talk a lot on the podcast throughout the course of however many episodes we've done about casting and a lot of times especially as this genre of movies has gotten bigger they've done a better and better job at casting these people there may not be a better casting that has ever existed as ryan reynolds as deadpool i agree i mean logan hugh jackman as wolverine phenomenal casting not at the time it's very controversial yeah you're right but he definitely filled in that role uh, Tony Stark is Iron Man, right? Perfect. We, we, perfect casting. There is no... Ryan Reynolds has been acting his entire life to try to be Deadpool eventually, and he finally got his wish. Uh, that and, and that first fucking Deadpool movie is so goddamn fun. It's funny. It's got great action. It took forever to make... And he had to, like, break into the studio and accidentally release 10 minutes of the movie for it to get funded. Such a fun story behind Deadpool. Deadpool came out on Valentine's Day. It was billed as a love story. And in, in Deadpool's... It is. He, he calls it a love story. It's a fucked up love story. Yeah. This is what it is. The one thing going against it, though, it's so much topical humor that it's not going to hold up well over time. And we're still kind of close to when it came out so it's still funny for us it'll probably always be funny for us but like 15 years from now if i want to show this movie to like well like one of my kids and i know it's r-rated and i don't give a crap but to say i hope they're old <laughs> enough to understand well that'll, that'll be up to me <laughs> i just i mean understand yeah not... i know I, I got you but yeah. uh uh they're not gonna get any of the jokes i'm gonna have to explain it to them what's, what's a zamboni <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna kill you with a zamboni. <laughs> uh, X Men First Class is a really good X Men movie. Like, I mean, it came out after the abomination that is X Men Three. Did we do that yet? No. Okay. We haven't. We also later. haven't done First Class or Days of Future Past. Yes, yeah, we, we did. did. <laughs> no, we didn't. Definitely the Days of Future. Yes, Past. we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we really didn't. Yeah, we really did. We didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. Are you sure? I'm positive. We've done X-Men, X2. You're probably thinking of X2. No. X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Dark Phoenix. We didn't do Days the f- Future Past. Corey, where the hell were we? We had an in-depth conversation about. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, we, have, we... We, we have never discussed this movie Oh, before. my God. How is that possible? <laughs> This is uh, Mandela. Well, not this movie because it's not up yet. But... Corey. Did we just Mandela affect ourselves? <laughs> I remember having... I remember I remember it being all five of us and talking about Days of Future Past. I remember talking about the first Quicksilver. Oh, somebody... We've talked about that before. I think 
I want to say it was Frank who brought it up as is what has been what we he was watching that week was Days of Future Past. I think we talked about it. I remember going through everything. <laughs> That's probably off mic then, because yeah, we never. Am I thinking of the right movie? Days of Future Past is the one where he goes back in time, right? Yes, yeah. and he meets Quicksilver. Didn't? Yeah, because we've talked about the Quicksilver scene because it happens in That's Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. Yes, in Apocalypse. Peter and... Dinklage, right? Peter Dinklage is in yes. it. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, he's bald. Retired. I thought we saw. I thought we saw. No, I thought we, we saw that in real time. We we, we, totally. we have never done an episode on it. I promise I'm, you. X two. No, I just googled and I searched in my podcast app for days. If we haven't done it. Oh my god. That's incredible. I know we didn't do first class. Like, that I knew. Yeah. I I really, really, honest to God, thought we did Days of Future Past. Brian, you are in a different timeline of this gentleman here. I'm in the correct timeline. <laughs> Joe, what did, you, what did you call those bear books? Berenstein? Berenstein? I mean, it is Berenstein, but I'm sure I called it Berenstein, because no one calls it Berenstein. The Berenstein Bears. I will, I will go to my grave... Knowing that it was the Barons and Barons. It doesn't matter. We should move on. We're not even talking about a movie that's in here. All right. First class. I liked it a lot. Yeah, first class. Great. Again, came out after the abomination of his X-Men 3, which started this whole tangent. Um, What came after Origins? Right. But X-Men 3 came out, like, as... Origins was the last movie, like, in time. Separate trilogy, because you have... We have uh, Origins, you have The Wolverine, and you have Logan as his... Oh, as, sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's, gotcha. Yes. So it started its own trilogy. Came out after the conclusion of X-Men 3 is what, I'm, what I mean Got to it. say. So it's our first X-Men ensemble movie since that trilogy. It does something that I think was really, really important for X-Men movies to do, and that was give us new young faces. People had such a a terrible reaction to both X2 and X3. No, X2 is beloved. Yeah, X2 is beloved. Yeah. The, I, I beloved. Is it critically? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yes. It made, it people made love list, that right? movie. People, yeah. X2 is... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. To Beyond know. Okay, I thought X2 was... No. I, nope. I thought people didn't like X2. Uh, it's, it's in the bracket. I yeah. understand that, but that doesn't mean anything. It's an average score. You're not wrong, but... Okay. X3, X3 is like universally hated, though. Yes. Right? That's a, yeah, the movie's terrible, but terrible. And and Origins, as Joe said, is really bad too. Yeah, it came out before this. So um, kind of. It does, but it does something where it, it it gives us. Yes, it's X Men. Yes, it's in the X Men universe. But here's a whole new group of people that we get to follow. A whole new set of actors. So it's, it almost, it's almost like, a soft reboot. It's a soft reboot, exactly. Which I thought was a great choice. It's not my favorite X Men movie, but it's. It's better than what we had gotten for quite a bit of X-Men movies leading into it. So it was a nice breath of fresh air there. I like McAvoy a lot. It's weird seeing Professor X being able to like walk around. like And with hair. And I've never questioned or wondered why, watching the cartoon and reading the comics, how he got into a wheelchair at all. So it was, it's kind of interesting to see what happens, how he gets into that state. This is Michael Fassbender's best movie. Yeah. I think so. I like Fassbender a lot, and I really feel bad about like his career choices. I his, think he his could, roles have been very bad. He, he could be like an A-lister. I feel he could be an award-worthy actor, and he like he looks like 
a great leading man, and he just it never happens for him, and it's it may it's not sad. be his fault. Like someone has to put him in that position to succeed. He's got a bad can, agent, maybe. He have, yeah, he can have all the talent in the world. It could be his decision making, or that he's like the second or third choice for these breakout roles. But why? He I just, don't know. Ah, he's very good. He is. But the sun is setting on his his opportunity. I think. Uh, that's probably. You have. Um, Kevin Bacon, I guess, would be the uh, villain in this. Yeah. I forgot his character's name. That's uh, Shaw. Yes, that's right. Touches on Nazi Germany a bit. <laughs> I mean, it's the same as the original X, the original X Men movie from two thousand. It's just kind of like a retelling sure. of Magneto's origin. Yes. Concentration camp. Interesting seeing Mystique as a uh, as a hero instead of a villain. Because it's the first time cinematically we get to yeah. see that. As a close friend to Charles Xavier, that's an interesting take. Yep. Don't know. I mean, it, it, one of one of our things about this podcast is we don't know nearly enough about the comic book lore to know if that even happened in. Maybe in some time. In some Maybe in some time. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we don't know. It's an interesting take, nonetheless, because we. Well, it's, we all know her as the villain, but we don't do a lot of research here. No. No, I mean, I'm trying with with comic books, but X-Men is just such a big... There's so many X-Men comics, so many storylines, so many writers, so many variations. And when you try to do research into, like, X-Men storylines, everything circles back to the Dark Phoenix storyline, and then it's just, you get lost. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. um, So, first class, between first class and Deadpool, for me, I just, I, I enjoy Deadpool more. So I'm I'm gonna go with with Deadpool. Am I going? Mm-hmm. Okay. Deadpool, the first class. I love Deadpool. I love Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. That's a great movie. That was the first R-rated superhero movie we got. That was the one that taught us it could work. I guess when used correctly. X-Men: First Class is my favorite X-Men movie. I enjoy it a lot. I'm putting it through narrowly ahead of Deadpool for me. Deadpool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. It, it's everything I wanted out of that movie and more. I fucking love that movie. Deadpool. So Spider-Man 2 versus X2. Battle of the Twos. Even though it's a 3 versus 6. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say. Uh, Alright, Spider-Man 2. It's it's the Toby series. Um, Spider-Man 1 was a big hit. Spider-Man 2 came out. You got Doc Ock as the villain. Um, I feel Alfred Molina does a very good job as the villain in that. Um, the thing with these Spider-Man, this Spider-Man universe, it's corny, but it's supposed to be corny. So, and it's what we had at the time. Yeah. So where we're getting a more serious, more grounded, uh, superhero movies like today, back then you got more corny superheroes and it, it, this worked, this hit, this was, this made Tobey Maguire the number one movie star in the world, if you can believe that. He was getting like $25 million a movie after this came out. What, what a, he burns <laughs> so bright, but so fast. Yeah. Exactly. One movie about a horse and everything goes sideways on him, it's weird. <laughs> it's tough when you, it's tough not to compare these Spider-Man movies to like the Spider-Man movies we're, we're getting now, which are significantly better. And, um, Better and just different, and because they're different, therefore they are better in, in, in this sense. Then, uh, what was the other one? I can't. X2? I'm sorry, X2. I can't say X two. I X two is really it's a lot of fun. It is one of, one of my favorite X Men movies. Um, if you take Logan out of it, it's definitely this one's definitely like 
top three for me. I love the opening scene of Nightcrawler, just like making his way, trying to kill the president. That, that was that was pretty badass. Um, he's like fighting his way through the Pentagon. You get the Banff. It's really cool. Oh, he's fighting his way through the White House. That's all in the White House. It was all in the White House? Yeah. I thought it was the Pentagon. Oh, yeah, because people are taking White House doors. They walk past oh, that's the, right. Very true, very the true. The George Washington. That's how he snuck in. You get the dynamic, too, of Iceman uh, and his family. I really, That really stuck with me after watching that. Like, that scene hurts. Yeah, yeah. They, they're ashamed of him. And his younger brother is ashamed of his older brother. And it's like, ah. Such a weird weird. one that turns him in. I mean, it, it, it's... The X-Men movies always have that underlying racial tension of, you know, mutants are problem they're the thugs they're criminals they're blah and like they're this they're that civil rights they're yeah, different rights. therefore we don't like them yeah. yeah and it's hard it's super hard hit with a mutant universe because it's not just i hate the family next door because they're different than me it's i hate my, I own, hate own, child. my own child right and you get you get that you see that scene unfold like up to that point, we had seen the jerk senator who wanted to make mutants register, or the Senator Kelly. Yeah, well, no, I know. I'm just saying I in know. general, like you always see like the politicians that are saying something, or like a general crowd that's like, "Ah, oh, no, bad mutants." Whereas in this, you're seeing it on the micro level, like what it could potentially do to a family, and that is heartbreaking. Spider-Man Two you get a continuation of a story that was, again, pretty groundbreaking. Like, Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire was... took the world by storm. People people were all over that movie. And, I mean, not that it's talked about very much, but the soundtrack for Spider-Man 2 was huge in the emo community. It was a very big emo album. Heroes on the first yes, one, right? that was a Schmodown question. One? Here's one of the first one, Vindicated, by Dashboard Confessional of Spider-Man 2. Yes, yes it is. And Yellowcard did a song for Spider-Man 2, Gifts and Curses, which is incredible. I also do like that song. Yeah. I also like the scene, Spider-Man 2 is the one where he, like, loses his mask and they, like, kind of rescue him on the train. That's yeah. an amazing scene. That is a very good scene. Yeah. It's a Careful, he's a hero. Scene. And they see his face, they're like, oh my god, he's so young. He looks like my, like my kid or something. Like, that really yep. touches you. Even though he looks mad old. He, he looks so old. <laughs> Don't worry, Spider-Man. We won't tell nobody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 New York coming together for him. And that's always been the that's one beautiful. Thing. Yeah, it's always been really great. Outside I mean, of that scene, though. Yeah, it's... Spider-Man 2's fine. It is. It's fine. It's, it's definitely, for me, it was a bit of a letdown from what was... The potential that was given to me in Spider-Man One, not that it's a bad movie. See, I like Spider-Man Two more than I like Spider-Man One. Yeah, I I love I I enjoy I enjoy origin stories when we don't get them over and over and over again. And with Tobey Maguire's first Spider-Man, it was the first time we saw that origin story, so it was it, it felt fresh and new. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I liked the fact that it was an origin story. I, I didn't particularly love the fact that like the Green Goblin kept rearing his ugly head throughout that series <laughs> in Spider-Man 2 he definitely does and I'm just like eh I could, do, I could live without that Willem Dafoe I legitimately enjoy Spider-Man 1 I don't think Spider-Man 2 is unfun I think it's a better movie than 1 like Spider-Man 2 is the best of that trilogy but I just have more fun with the first Spider-Man I'm voting for X2 I didn't make that clear in my <laughs> okay. summer 
of the two movies. I don't think any of us made that clear. Yeah. I'm going to also vote for X2 because Corey's on his phone. X2. All without, right. without question. Sorry, one of my Our biggest upset did, of the night. One, one of my parents uh, from parent teacher conferences just texted me and said, Hey, sorry, I didn't recognize your number. Can you call me right now? No. Absolutely not. It's 11 o'clock at night. No. How dare you? Our biggest episode of the night, a six seed beats a three. Hey. And our final matchup for round one of the MCU, non-MCU Marvel bracket is the two seed X-Men Days of Future Past against the seven seed Deadpool 2. We kind of touched on a lot of X-Men Days of Future Past, the episode we've definitely never done an episode on. Uh, You get Quicksilver in that one, which is cool. It's the Quicksilver scene that you get in Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and... Not quite in uh, what the hell was the last one? Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, you get, it's teased, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't. Because um, your past is very good, though. It's it the really, meeting of really the is. new and old casts. They keep jumping back and forth in between the timelines. The old mutants trying to hold off the Sentinels, which are awesome. The new, uh, new mutants is weird because that movie's never coming out. Yes, it like, is. It's not. I got the lead again. Because of the virus. Yeah. It's studio approved to come out now. It's never coming out. It's going to come out. It's never coming out. out. It's cursed. Every time I try to release it, something terrible happens. Man. It's their fault. Maisel Williams is going to have a kid of her own by the time this comes out. Yeah, probably. And then Deadpool 2 is the follow-up to Deadpool, which you can probably figure out from it having a 2 after it. (laughs) But it taught taught us all that Deadpool wasn't just a one-trick pony. It turns it into more of a real movie, in my opinion. This is a family drama. The first it one is. was a love story. The second one's a family drama. This one feels a lot more, like it has a lot more heft and weight to it in the storyline as opposed to the first Deadpool. Deadpool's sort of shocking, too, with this scene. Like, the, the, the way it opens up where Vanessa gets killed and we spent the whole movie trying to save Vanessa. The whole yeah. first movie trying to save Vanessa. We're like, whoa, this is where we're going with that. Yeah. Cable is a real, a real awesome villain. I just two. I kind of laughed more than I did with one. Yeah. Black Tom. It's <laughs> <laughs> Black Tom. You racist. <laughs> uh, Baby the, legs. The reveal. The Juggernaut reveal was incredible. Yes. I had no idea. Like, Same. I don't, I don't think they leaked that at all. They did, I think no, they, they did really a good did a good job keeping that under wraps. That was an incredible reveal. Ryan like, Reynolds voiced Juggernaut too. Yeah. And Ryan. Re- Deadpool's reaction to seeing that it was the Juggernaut is fantastic. Like, oh my god, this Fan is so huge great! Fan. Oh, you I'm get gonna that... rip you in half now. Oh my god, that's such a Juggernaut thing to say. Holy shit, you did it! <laughs> you get that Colossus versus Juggernaut fight. Colossus actually does something for yeah. like, the first time, which is like awesome. Well, Colossus is so much better in the Deadpool movies than the X Men than the X Men yes. main movies. Yeah, he's really good in, in the comics I have read for yeah. X Men. He's awesome. He's such oh, a he, good. He's character. one of my top five X Men yeah. in actuality. Just in the regular X Men series, he's not portrayed very well. No. Well, he portrayed as like. It. A regular guy who can like turn into metal, yeah. right? His power looks cool, but his characterization is just not good. Yeah, it, yeah. It, Deadpool two is it, it really did. People did not think it was going the the Deadpool franchise was going to hold up. Like, thought it was going to be a one and done situation that this was gonna. Well, after the success of the first one, everyone was kind of waiting for the sequel. And he, he yeah, teases I, the sequel at the end of the first one. He says, I, next time we're doing Cable. I'm not saying, yeah, I know. And I'm so, not saying that that isn't the case. But I think that there were a lot of people that had their doubts about X, about Deadpool 2. I did not. I, I knew I was going to enjoy the hell out of that movie. I would argue most people just expected more of the same. Yeah, I think that's Deadpool exactly it. Deadpool 1. And they were like, oh, great, more dick jokes. 
Yeah, and we they got, didn't. They did. I mean, I'm sure we got plenty of those. We got we did, a lot but, of the same, but yeah. it was done in a way where it felt fresher. Yeah, I don't know. It's not as many topical jokes in Deadpool two as that as the first Deadpool because it didn't take as long to make the second Deadpool as the first Deadpool. You also get. You also have Brad Pitt for like a millisecond. About thirteen seconds. Top ten roll for Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> you get. You get. The look in, um, the look on Wade's face after he catches up with whoever kills Vanessa. I mean, it it shows emotional depth to the character. Or when he just bucks, bus hugs him. Yeah, when he just bus hugs him. Like that's because he could do so many things, right? Like he could do so many things to kill this guy right now, and that's how he chose to do it. And I think that was a great choice. I. I I love that movie. There's complexity there too, where Wade wants to die but can't. Mm-hmm. And like, and they keep showing that because every time he does, every time he does something that would kill a normal person, he gets to go see Vanessa for a little bit. For a little bit, yep. he can't break through that wall. And then finally, he breaks through that wall, and Cable pulls his ass back out. Oh, and oh, and sucks. I love uh, the long drawn out death scene with him. Like it's oh <laughs> it's, it's movie tropey, but it's supposed to be. It's, it was just really funny. I thought that was going to be annoying, but it wasn't. It just hits. And it was, I yeah. didn't expect to get emotional during a Deadpool movie, and I got emotional during a Deadpool movie. Yeah. So yeah, a couple times. Yeah, it's nuts. But we should probably talk a little bit more about Days of Future Past. Absolutely, we didn't say much about it. Uh, yeah. I think that it's a great combination of old and new. I think that. The story that they're telling there is incredible. I love the idea of things go haywire, so you have to send somebody back who can go back. And I mean, just like X-Men always does, it leans a little bit too much on Logan, because Logan's the only one who's strong enough to sustain the trip back in time, I guess, is the logic that they went with. Yeah, they needed somebody to go, but... but they I'm said they like, couldn't yeah. send anybody else back. Like somebody, like nobody else could handle the the journey that yeah, far back or something. Healing, shit. his healing factor. Yeah. Even though in this comic storyline, it is Shadow Cat that goes back. I, I think that the end of the movie really is one of the biggest payoffs, and I mean like the literal last thing that we see in the movie when Logan wakes back up in. The Academy, everything's fine. The Sentinel program was shut down. They finally course-corrected X-Men 3. They, they finally did it. And then we assume that... It, it, it appears that nobody know, is less the wiser. But then you get... Charles knows. Charles, yeah. You get that look from Charles and Charles knows. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah, they have a whole conversation about it. Do they have a whole conversation yeah. or is it just a look? No, it is, they, okay, they it is a conversation. I always am a little fuzzy. But either way, just the fact that somebody knows... And I and that ultimately is what I think helps set up what we get in Logan, right? Like Charles has always been there for Logan. He's he's the one that remembers what he did. He's like he knows the hero that Logan really is. And now when he starts to go, Logan feels beholden to try to help him as much as much as he can. Which I mean, it's it's a nice it's a nice touch. It's a nice subtle way to like lean from one into the next. One thing I, I, I want to say about Days of Future Past, and I shouldn't hold this against Days of Future Past, is it's set up, they had so many opportunities to like branch off of it and go in so many different directions. 
basically, I don't know if it was a post-credit scene or towards the end when um, Stryker is raising Logan from like the bottom of that lake. Remember that? Or the yeah. bottom of the river. Mm-hmm. But it turns out like when Stryker looks like at the camera, it's Mystique's eyes. So they're like, oh, Mystique's going to rescue Wolverine here. And this is before he went through the uh, became went through the Weapon X protocol. Yeah. So like, I don't know when he goes back, wakes up, and he's with Charles and uh, everyone at the school if he has bone claws or not, if he ever went through the adamantium procedure. That's true. But obviously he did because in later movies he can do what he can do. He, so. he still has them, yeah. yeah. And he's in Apocalypse for about a hot second. Yes. With about the claws. one hot second. Yep. Still too much. <laughs> Agreed. That was in the trailer, too. So I will kick us off. I am moving Deadpool 2 forward. I love Deadpool 2, I think, maybe even more than Deadpool 1. Second. Sweeped. All right. Sweeped. Swept. 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 Swoped. So, Joe, I suddenly feel... A song coming on? The immense pain that you felt when you had to announce... Um, oh, Endgame yeah. versus the Winter Soldier, because I have the horrible, horrible task of bringing up our next matchup, which is our number one seed Logan versus our number four seed Deadpool. This is an apples and oranges comparison. Sure is. I am absolutely in love with both of these movies for two vastly different reasons. I don't know how to even begin to suggest which one of these is better than the other. Fuck, you got the amazing, deep, heartfelt, painful storyline that is Logan versus a comic book movie that is unlike anything that had come before it and, you know, shifts the genre in a way that that is so fantastic, letting it be really, really funny, doing a guy that nobody thought could be on screen in his true self really be on screen in his true self this is this is a wild wild matchup and it's a 1v1 right so a lot of these have been (laughs) ensemble type casts this is a 1v1 it's an appropriate battle considering they're both r-rated they both take well deadpool mainly takes shots at logan logan doesn't really take shots at deadpool but exactly Oh my god, yeah, like, Deadpool 2, he opens up being like, we did so good, but then Logan had, had to go and die. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, this is, this is fucking hard. Logan was recognized by the Academy, who was nominated for uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, which was a first for any comic book movie. I feel this is another movie that transcends the genre, so to speak, like, again, it is a western. But it it's is told from a superhero or super ability uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like if Clint Eastwood had a healing factor. Yeah, sure. It it's, really is. I again, mean... it's the old gunman gearing up for one last fight. It's yeah. tough not to get emotional during this movie, also, especially just like at the at the end when he's facing like a a younger, better version of himself, literally, yeah. and. I don't know, I usually equate everything to sports, and I'm, I'm a New York sports fan, and I just remember, like, Derek Jeter at the end of his career facing a pitcher throwing way too hard. Jeter does not have the bat speed to hit it, but 
Maybe he One will. One time in a hundred. Maybe he will. And yeah. You just have that feeling when he's fighting this, 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 this being like, there's no possible way he can win this, but maybe he can. Yeah. And that's just the feeling that you have when that's going on. Gotta want it's... it more. That's the secret. <laughs> I mean, it's it's to to make another sports metaphor. I mean, it, it's it's the miracle on ice, right? We may play him ten times and then we may win nine, but not this one, right? He he's like. I'm I'm at the end here, and if I have to fight this guy two three times, he's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me most of them. But this one time, I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna let let it go. I'm not gonna let it go two three rounds. It's got one. I've got one round in me. I'm gonna make it the best fucking round it can be. I've got this it. green goo. Let's go. And and his his whole like mindset during that is I don't even have to win I am probably going to die but if I can hold this guy off long enough and let these kids get across the border I've done my job here yeah total self-sacrifice yeah and and that moment when you realize that he took all six of those shots in one go to essentially become what the Logan that we've seen throughout the rest of the series, like pretty much every other time we see him, he burns so bright but so fast. Yeah, oh, he's, when he's sprinting through the woods, yeah. Like you first, you you hear him roar and yep. you just see birds fly off, yeah. and then he comes like running in and he's flipping and he's going off and he's clawing people in half and he's clawing trees in half. Yeah. And, and, and it's and the his, Logan that we wanted. It's the Wolverine we wanted since day one. And his daughter is kicking just as much ass in a different way because she has the foot claws and everything, too. It's so badass, man. Such a good movie. Yeah, that, that scene is phenomenal. But Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds just <laughs> moving in with a blind woman. It's funny. It is. T.J. Miller. <laughs> T.J. Miller does things. Looks I've, like an avocado, but an older avocado. I can watch Logan every year till like I'm no longer alive, and it'll still hold up. And I can't do the same with that pool. It's 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 Logan moving on for me. I would like to watch both of these movies every year <laughs> until I die. But you know, I might skip some years. It's inevitably gonna be a year that you're too busy, bud. Um, no, there isn't. Two hours. Come on. No, it's four. It's, a, it's, a, whole, it's a whole year. <laughs> you don't know what my 2020 or 2021 is going to look like. It's jam-packed and you can't fit two hours to watch. We got all these cool. podcasts to do. A lot of podcasts to do. Corey, you remember that music video they made? It was like fan-made and it's Johnny Cash's Hurt. Yep. Yep. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's it? a great, <laughs> great use of that <laughs> song. Um, it, it pains me. I don't think... I don't think I can, in my heart of hearts, pick Deadpool over Logan, despite wanting to. Uh, you know, it, it, this is one of those matchups where it's like, I'm pulling for the underdog. I want Deadpool to come out on top. I just don't think, I just don't think it's got enough there to beat out what we get in Logan. Logan has to fucking bury Professor X. I, I, I'm sorry. That's there. That's it. That's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Logan's moving on. Logan's gonna move on. From Joe, I love Deadpool a whole <laughs> lot, but I don't even think Deadpool one is my favorite Deadpool movie. Logan's phenomenal. Logan's moving on. All right. Six versus seven. Wow, that's yep. pretty cool. We did it. We did it. We got some underdogs here. So, 
another Battle of the Twos, X2 versus Deadpool 2. A lot of sequels made. A lot the, of uh, sequels for the sequel. And I get to announce the sequel matchups, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So fitting. It's very fitting. I'm going to echo Joe's sentiments. I like Deadpool 2 a little bit more than I like Deadpool, the first Deadpool. Um, and X2 is not even my favorite X-Men movie. But there's a lot of X-Men movies to choose from, so that might not be a fair way of judging it. There are only two Deadpools. <laughs> um, yeah, and is there a talks for a third? Deadpool? I yeah. think they're going to do an X-Force. Right? Oh, yeah, Domino. Domino, we didn't even talk about her. She's really good. In, uh, mm-hmm. She is. And in, in Deadpool Great too. addition. Um, I'm lucky. That's not a power. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. We'll just meet in the middle and say it isn't. <laughs> I think we talked about both of these movies a lot. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet and just move Deadpool 2 along. Luckily for me, uh, as such a huge fan of both of these Deadpool movies, I have another chance to move a Deadpool movie along. (laughs) Uh, I'm picking Deadpool 2 here. X2, it's good. It's not as good as Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 does things that just... They take what worked... And toned it back just enough so that it doesn't feel like it's too much and add a new layer in, which kind of balances out that movie. Where Deadpool 1 is, is very just straightforward comedy with some action and a lot of gore, this is a little bit of a more balanced movie, and that's that's a great option. And, um, not Adrian Brody, that's not who the fuck it is. Uh, Alan Cumming. No, no. It's the guy who plays Cable. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Thank you. Josh Brolin is fan goddamn tastic as as uh, cable i have seen x2 so many times i love x-men and x2 i've revisited them a whole bunch because for a while that was all i had and i love the x-men the most deadpool is also tangentially related to the x-men though he's been an x-man and i absolutely love deadpool too so i'm moving it on we're gonna have a seven versus a one boys that's incredible do you believe in miracles Probably not. Oh my god, I have to deal with this again? You do. Fuck my life. Uh, I feel like we're rushing through this <laughs> at this point, but we kind of talked. Yeah, we, we kind of have to. I yeah, mean, we, I'm going to cut some of it out, yes. but yeah. We, we talked about these movies to death at this point. Whose turn? Who's announcing? Well, it's, it's going to hurt me the most to do this, so I'll just do it. Our number one seed, Logan, is going up against our number seven seed, Deadpool 2. In the finals. In semifinals. The semifinals to decide. Finals. Go on. I'll, I'll shut up. No, yeah, this is the punch a ticket into the finals, into the final four. The sheer masterpiece that is Logan, it's going to be hard for anything, anything in this bracket to beat it. it it's, it's rated number one for a reason. It, it's too moving and emotional of a movie for a lot of these to hold up it's to quote sequel genre breaking it's a western and set in the comic book world deadpool 2 for all the things it does really well for all of the things that i love about it domino the juggernaut colossal doing an like an awesome fight scene where he fights dirty despite being the guy that's like no we have to follow all the rules it it, none of that stuff is really going to hold a candle to the to the move it to the moving emotional scenes that Logan gave me, the feels that Logan gave me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pick Logan. I mean I guess it comes down to like what you value with with uh, with, with movie watching. Like I feel comedies have their place but like 
if you if I like make my top ten movies, which is an ever changing list, I don't have a single comedy in there. Not even the internship. I love that movie, but like <laughs> it, it it's probably makes my like my top twenty comedies. But like that's a whole separate list entirely. It was number ten. The guilty, one point. guilty pleasures. Was it guilty pleasures? Yeah, oh yeah, it wasn't. Didn't make my no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> guilty pleasure. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to take this, the serious, more put-together movie over the comedy. Even though, you know, it's solid, it's really funny, and it's, uh, it's, it's got a lot of laughs, and it does make you feel the feels, but I just don't think it quite holds a candle to what uh, Logan did. And uh, I had a really cool movie theater experience with Logan also. It's the only time I've ever been the only one in the movie theater. As, oh wow! Yeah. Usually, that's the markings of a bad movie. No, it was because I was homesick from work. I had to see the movie for the podcast. I had Movie Pass at the time. I went and saw it. I was the only one in the theater. It was like a one o'clock, and uh, on a school day. So on a, on a school day, I put my feet up on the bar in the in the first row there, right when the um, stadium seat starts. And when that movie was over, I had tears in my eyes. There was nobody in the theater, and I just clapped and said, "This is amazing." <laughs> That's awesome. So, Logan moves on. The guy in the projection booth is like, I know! <laughs> I feel you, kid. Yeah, not to undersell Deadpool 2, because I think it's actually a very good movie. It's, it's I'm not going to say underrated, but it quietly gave us a very competent, well-put-together movie, and I really like it, and I'm going to go back and watch it a bunch of times, but not quite as many times as Logan, because Logan is close to a masterpiece in my eyes. So, yeah, I'm going to put logan through yeah and that's and that's really what it comes down to right is the difference between a really good movie and a masterpiece and that's you know it's it's you're not beating it you're not speaking of movies beating other movies we have two ones and a three okay let's move on to the dc bracket so we can get the hell out of here (laughs) in the you poor bastard having to go to work tomorrow i know in the DC bracket, from 1 to 8 with the scores, our 1 seed is The Dark Knight with a score of 94. Our 2 seed is Superman with a score of 90. 3 seed is Wonder Woman with also a score of 90, but less reviews than Superman. Batman Begins is number 4 with an 89. Number 5 is The Dark Knight Rises with an 88.5. Number 6 is Shazam with an 86.5. Number 7 is Superman 2 with 81.5. And... Rounding us out at number eight is Birds of Prey with a 78.5. Based on what I know about the two of you and your takes on the DC movies, this is going to be a really interesting... This is going to be a little more contentious than some of the other ones, I think. Yes, this is going to be fun. Oh, no. This is going to be a long episode. I just might sit back with the popcorn here and watch it all play out. This this (laughs) might be a little more contentious than we want it to be. Alright, Joe, why don't you announce the first one? Yeah, let's start us off. Uh, Number one, The Dark Knight, against number eight, Birds of Prey. I feel like... I don't know where we're going to have to talk about this one too much. Birds of Prey was surprisingly good. It's a coin flip for me. No, I'm kidding. It's not. (laughs) It it unfortunately didn't make a lot of money. It's the most recent movie in the bracket. But I really enjoyed it. However, The Dark Knight is The Dark Knight, and I have no problem pushing it through in the first round. It's going to sweep the first round. Uh, looking at this bracket, there are at least two, potentially three movies that if Birds of Prey went up against, it would beat for me. Okay. So it sucks that Birds of Prey is going to bow out this early. Uh, I would have loved to have 
spent more time talking about it, but unfortunately, it's it's going up against uh, it's going up against a powerhouse in the Dark Knight. Uh, you, Margot Robbie can be the best Harley Quinn that has ever Harley Quinned, but Heath Ledger's Joker is gonna gonna shut that shit down every time. If only they'd had them both at the same time. Hmm. What a crazy world that would have been. Um, Bridge of Prey is good. It was alright. Dark Knight is considered by most to be not only like a great comic book movie, but just like a really great movie overall. It's yeah. a great heist movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, and it, again, it didn't do well financially. Uh, no one knows what the future of the DC. I'm about Birds of Prey. Yeah, Birds okay. of Prey. I was about to say, Dark Knight made yep. so much money. Birds of Prey did not hold up well financially, and no one knows what the future of the DCEU holds with uh, Henry Cavill not doing Superman, Ben Affleck not playing Batman. They kind of rushed the whole thing. We've been through this over and over again. And I'm glad we're getting pretty decent movies still um, out of the DCEU. Like, I'm kind of looking forward to James Gunn's Suicide Squad just to see what that what that holds should be better than the first suicide squad right but i don't know with the actors and everything how it all gels together and i'm not going to hurt my brain trying to figure it out we're going to talk about the dark knight a lot coming up so i'm not going to talk about it that much at all and just sweep it move it along all right dark of the the dark knight advances if you can see birds of prey i would recommend doing it because it's still fun you are batman begins four against dark knight rises five Okay, so this is interesting with Batman Begins 4 against Dark Knight Rises 5 because it's two movies in the same trilogy going head-to-head. Again, this is going to be quick for me because we've done podcasts in all of these movies so far, right? Did we do Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, I think we finished the Nolan trilogy. Yep. Batman Begins, is, I feel, is significantly better. I mean, we get a true Batman origin story with him going um, overseas and, and, and training under Ra's al Ghul and uh, le- learning the art of self and his, his ninja powers and, and everything you want with that. I mean, in Batman 89, which didn't make the list, huh? Or did it? No. Wow. No. Shocking. But in uh, Batman 89, you get somewhat of an origin story with just the death of uh, Bruce's parents. Batman Begins, you get the whole all-encompassing um, death of his parents and the, Bruce's rise to power to become the Batman. I really like Batman Begins. Um, Morgan Freeman is an excellent Lucius Fox. Um, I'm a big fan of Gary Oldman. I think he was pretty perfectly casted as a... As a Gordon, I guess he's Lieutenant Gordon at this point. Doesn't yep. quite become yep. commissioner yet. Um, Dark Knight Rises, like I want to like a lot, like because the Dark Knight is so good. If you're the next movie, that's something to build on, and uh, you you can go even further with it. Bane is a very interesting villain. Tom Hardy does a cool job with it, but again, with his with his damn voice, I feel that takes away from the character a little too much. It's too hard to understand him. Same thing with um. The choice Christian Bale made to do that raspy Batman yeah. voice. Like, I just wish they would talk fucking normal. <laughs> it's the battle of the funny voices. Yeah. For, pretty much. Battle of the stupid voices. Because that became, like, the caricature of Batman. Of oh, the yeah. Batman yeah. trilogy. Everybody made fun of it. Yeah. People it, still it, do all and, the time. And it's billed as, like, a serious Batman. Whereas, like, the Tim Burton and the Joel Schumacher stories are more of, like fantasy-esque this is like serious and like science driven yet it's made so many more memes yeah exactly and dark neck rises was just a little too long and a little too boring i'm gonna vote for batman begins so batman begins 
does a lot of things that make me fall in love with Batman again. I'm a huge Batman fan. Always have been. Always will be. This was so fresh and new and incredible. He wasn't just his parent dies, flash forward 20 years, now he's Batman. It's him running away and being nobody and fighting a bunch of people in near the Himalayans and then going and getting traded by the League of Shadows and then going back and not being not having a full bat suit the first three times he goes out to be Batman, right? Like, it's, it's so cool. And that raspy voice was so iconic in the movie because when the series started, because it's like, why wouldn't Batman have a way of changing his voice? And every Batman movie since has had a voice changer aspect to it. Bat- Batfleck always had a voice changer. So that was it. That's just, that's yeah, it. just that. Yeah. That's the only one. <laughs> sure, but I mean, he did it twice. But you know, you get my point. Is like hopefully Robert Pattinson does. Yeah, I well, may, he might not. He might not. He might he's, not. He's a younger. That's Batman. true. Yeah, maybe younger and smarter. <laughs> and and the thing about the voice, the voice, at least Batman's voice in particular, is that in in Batman Begins, he doesn't use it very often. He uses it in like a couple lines here, a couple lines there. It's, it's the Dark Knight that he uses it he so much. He uses it so much in the Dark Knight, and then. At that point, you're you're fucking committed to it. You got to do it in Dark Knight Rises, and he talks almost as much in the Dark Knight Rises. Thus, being a conundrum, I want to like the Dark Knight Rises more. I want the 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 com- the complexity of the poor rising up and trying to overthrow the rich is such a interesting concept, and to make them, you know, it, it's easy to make them the bad guys, but it's also equally interesting to like paint it in this picture where it's like, yeah, they are the bad guys, but you can see how he was so he was so capable of getting so many people on his side, too. At least they don't butcher Bane and make him some brainless monster like they do in... Um, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Which is awful. Because Bane is an incredibly intelligent character in, in the actual comic book, so I'm glad that he was more mastermind in, in Batman. Yeah, yeah I wish he was a little more Spanish in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> sure, that's definitely a fair point. I mean, it doesn't matter either it's way. Not, it's not really like the comic at all in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. No, but at least he's not mindless. You know that's what I true. mean? At least he's got a brain. At least he's a little bit more mastermind which is what he is in um, the comic books. Yep. That being said, it, it's really almost no contest for me. Batman Begins is it, it's going to hold a special place in my heart for forever. It got me so pumped and jazzed to see The Dark Knight. Like, that's, like, the mark of a good movie is, like, I can't wait to see the next installment of this. And you get that in spades with Batman Begins. I love Batman Begins. It's a great movie. It's a great take on Batman. It's a fun take on his origin story because instead of focusing on the weird part, it focuses on all his ninja training with Raja al Ghul. And The Dark Knight Rises is pretty good, but there are some missteps there. And I'm not, there's no way I'm pushing through the movie that has Heinz Ward return a punt. Not doing it. He's not a speed receiver. <laughs> Sleeping Batman begins. Deal with it, sequel. That's I picked He's, it. I know. <laughs> uh, is it me uh, talking about the next one? Yes. yes. All right. Wait till I'm moving my hands. I'm sorry. No, you're quite all right, bud. Our number three seed Wonder Woman is going up against our number six seed Shazam. Ah. Uh. God, this again. That's unfortunate. This... These three sixes have been killer in most most most. Brackets. Yeah, it's it's. I don't view it as killer. I view it as unfortunate. It is. <laughs> I mean, 
Shazam could sit in, in, in a, a bunch of different places and and really have a, a good puncher's chance. This is going to be tough for him. Shazam came out of nowhere for me. I, I expected it to be okay. I fell in love with this movie. It takes place in Philly, which obviously is a huge thing for me. Huge um, sell. Huge sell. It's, um, God, what's his name? Something Levi? Zachary Levi. Levi. Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi is does such an incredible job in this movie. He is so good as Shazam. The story that they're telling, for a guy who I didn't know anything about going into it, I, I was engrossed by the story that they were trying to tell. It's it's a really, really fun romp from top to bottom. But it's going up against potentially the greatest or the second best superhero scene that has ever been shot on camera in The Wonder Woman. Yeah. It, it's It's not even fair to try to hold... Like, movies are constantly going to have to try to make that scene again for me to, to, to really vote against Wonder Woman in a lot of, in a lot of these categories because that's you know that's an incredible moment and I didn't even say what that moment was but I bet if you've seen Wonder Woman you know exactly what I'm talking about I certainly know what you're talking about yeah you do. yeah Shazam was a big surprise I expect I saw the trailer and immediately said I'm gonna have fun with this and I did but I didn't expect to have as much fun as I did I was like this will be fine but it was really good. And so was Wonder Woman. One, the first two acts of Wonder Woman are amazing. The third act dips and then saves itself. It does save itself pretty well. It's it's a tough call. Because either one of these movies should be moving on from round one. The unfortunate fact is they're facing against each other. So one of them doesn't get to. Yeah. I'm going to go with Wonder Woman. Because, yes, it does have a scene that just moves me every single time I watch it. Well, two scenes, actually, but the one Corey is talking about specifically. I can watch the home footage of uh, Shazam training and trying to find out the <laughs> so extent good. of his powers like forever. I won't talk a lot about Shazam here because I don't feel like it's moving on. Uh, yeah, that's why um, I did. That's why I got all my Shazam yeah. stuff out of the way. Negatives with Shazam. I hated the villain. The villain's not great. No, it's Mark Strong, right? Yeah. He, plays, he does a fine He's job good, with what he has to do. He's the character is not anything. And the gargoyle things that they fight against. Which the I seven don't deadly even, sins. I don't even... It's uh, dumb. It's yeah. ridiculous. They look terrible. I do like the family aspect of Shazam. I mean, I think we're hitting the nail on the head with these movies where uh, it's... These are literal orphans that don't have a family coming together to form like their own foster family, yeah, which is really cool, and become they become a family of superheroes, like like uh, in the end, all the all the kids. So. And what an incredible reveal, right? Like we're we're dealing with Shazam is out is outmatched here. He can't do all of this, and then you get the callback where he's like, "Oh, it's a family of of wizards that are doing this," and right, yeah, and then he's like, "Well, shit, who do I got?" And then that's when it all comes together, and they all do it, and it's fan fucking tastic. And what's the youngest? What's the youngest one's name? We screw that up. Darla. One. Darla. That's it. Oh Is my. it Darla? I think so. Okay. What? <laughs> I'm looking it up for like the fifth time. Right Hold up. on. What an incredible character! I like Freddie Freeman. All the all the kid my... actors in the movie, like that's the Shazam's biggest strength. I think is all the 
phenomenal. The great performances from the kid actors. Freddie Freeman, who was um, in, he plays Eddie in the uh, in it. It chapter one. He's he's pretty incredible in it as well. And uh, I like how um, how they viewed superheroes in that, where like you see superhero merchandise. So you don't. It kind of plays with the audience where do they exist, do they not exist, even though he has a bullet that was crushed by Superman, but I don't know if that's him getting like scammed or whatever. It is Darla. It is Darla. Um, but, what, but I mean, what an incredible world to live in, right? So if you're us, right, and you live in that universe, we, we don't ever get to become superheroes. No. And how cool would it be? Well, only if we're friends with Freddie Freeman. Yes. I guess. Not Freddie but, Freeman. Billy Bastion. Billy Bastion. Yeah. But my point being, like, every kid, if, if there was a world where Superman was real and Batman was real, every kid would want to be a superhero when they grow up. Kids already want to be a superhero when they grow up, but if there were actual superheroes running around, it would be so much more intense. And this kid actually got to become one. Like, and he had no interest in becoming one. <laughs> which is why he needed to become yeah. one. Well, True. again, that's another negative for the movie for me, and I think, Joe, you uh, felt the same way about it, is... The wizard Shazam is looking for the perfect candidate to become the next Shazam. And now, Billy Bastin, you're here. I'm dying. You're Shazam. I, no, definitely, you're, I definitely had that there's, problem. There's no test with you. You just <laughs> do the best you can. Yeah, there you How go. It, kid? There's no owner's uh, manual. Yeah. You got this. It moved the plot along. Yeah. But I'm advancing Wonder Woman. I'm going to talk a lot more about Wonder Woman later on. I'm sure we all will. Yes. Yep. Let me just write this in, and then I will let you know our last matchup for the first round. The first round, we got Superman from 1978 at our two-seed going against his own sequel, which is the first time this has happened yet, I think. Superman 2 is our seven-seed. This, this is bizarre. This is bizarre. Because they were shot in entirety, and then they split it up into a part one and a part two. It's almost like we're fighting the same movie you against pretty itself. much are. <laughs> I have never seen Superman 2. Wow. I wanted to watch it and Megamind for this. I only got to watch Megamind. So I'm just going to say that I agree with the critics and audience scores and say that Superman 1 wins. So the first Superman movie, I think like the best part of that is when he's like Superman. He's flying around doing good deeds. It just like brings a smile to your face. It's it's a, it's a joy to watch. This is the superhero movie that kind of like started superhero movies too. Superman 78. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. Um, Superman two is good. It's 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 f- a nice follow up, even though it's technically one long movie. You can even buy the Richard Donner cut if you want and watch it all in a, in its entirety. I watch the four hours. It's uh, you get Zod in it, and um, oh yeah, it's just the way they do Zod at the end of it is really, really corny. It doesn't really hold up, but it's also Superman 2 is when he doesn't want to be super anymore. He wants to be just like everybody else, and he has that um, he has that moment. I forgot how, because I haven't seen it in a minute, but he is like just like everybody else, and he's coming to grips with that. He actually gets into like a bar fight, and he gets beat up by a bigger guy and he's like wow i've never this has never happened <laughs> nobody makes me bleed my own blood pretty, it's pretty much he, exactly. he, he gets destroyed and um it also has another moment of the city coming together it's the city of metropolis coming together to rally around superman because they realize like they really do need superman yeah but, yeah, but you never go through that in the uh 70s superman no, it's like they the people are happy he's there they're not 
questioning hit. They're not fearful of him. He's there to protect us. So I don't know. Superman one is just like it has its problems, but it's just it's better than Superman two. I really wish Batman eighty nine make got the nod over Superman two. It would have been Superman versus Batman, that which would have been, been so much an interesting argument. It would have been better. Yeah, but was, um, it ended up being the nine seed by default. Yeah, it's the first Superman gets the nod. I, I didn't I didn't particularly love Superman two. I think it was fine. Um, Superman seventy eight is a better of the two. I don't like Superman as a general rule of thumb. If I could uh, eliminate both of them in this first round, I would. <laughs> Oof. But I don't have that option. So Superman seventy eight. Spoilers for who Corey's picking in the second round. I think I kick off the second round. You do. Uh, Dark Knight versus Batman Begins. So the Batman movies are just beating each other up. Yep. <laughs> so it's Dark Knight as the one seed versus Batman Begins as the four seed. So it's the the second movie in the series against the first movie in the series. And as good as the first one is, the second one is even better. That opening scene with the heist in the bank, and then you. Even watching it now, knowing Joker is the mastermind behind it, but not knowing Joker is the mastermind at the time as, as watching it, it holds up. The reveal is great, but you don't need the reveal to appreciate everything that's going on. And when you watch it for like the second time, you can tell if his hair is green. So that's obviously the Joker. It was the Joker the whole time. How are we so stupid to not notice that at the beginning? Everyone's wearing the clown mask. Misdirect. <laughs> it's the greatest comic book villain performance of all time. It is. There's nothing really comes close. It's a, a grounded villain. There's nothing mystical about it. He's just a deranged individual, and he his whole sole purpose is destroying the Batman. And watching Keith Ledger pull that off is is truly a sight to behold. Yeah, the rewatchability factor is, is incredible. And as much as I like the origin story of Batman Begins. And I do enjoy the performance of Killian Murphy as Scarecrow. Heath Ledger's Joker's is better than Killian Murphy's Scarecrow. It just—it's just the the fact of the matter. One's really good. One is a truly, truly great. So I am going to push Dark Knight into the finals of the DC bracket. So here's the thing: you're absolutely right. There is not, there has not been a villain that I think will has come remotely close. To what Heath Ledger does in one movie. I think that the fact that it's grounded, the fact that he's deranged yet in control enough to pull off what he's pulling off. Because that's that's the greatest trick the Joker the Joker pulls is that he keeps being like, How do I look like a man with a plan? Yes. Actually you do. You know, there are so many little things that he does throughout the course of the movie. Telling him the wrong address, knowing full well he's going after her and not him. So he forces the hand, right? There's so, like, I'm sure that we'd never find out, but I am positive that if the rich people on the boat push the button, it blows up their boat, not the inmate boat. And then the entire town is like, oh my god, look what the inmates did, and they're all fucking riot. I am convinced of that. You're never gonna convince me otherwise. Unanswerable question. It is an unanswerable question, but I will ne- I will fight to the death on that. I will die on that cross. Wow. I will. The interrogation scene is one of the most moving scenes 
in any of the movies that we've talked about. I love that scene. It's so incredible to watch Heath Ledger do his thing. Honestly, I think the scene, the worst part of the scene is when Batman loses his mind and starts beating him up. Everything up until that point is just tension and building and incredible back and forth dialogue between them. And it's Heath Ledger doing uninhibited, his uninhibited Joker in that moment. And it's so phenomenal. Batman Begins does so many things right and the Dark Knight like reaps the rewards of the foundation that the Batman Begins lays. I'm voting for the Dark Knight to go through. And Corey, you said before too on another podcast and I wholeheartedly agree with you that had Heath Ledger not have passed away, Dark Knight Rises, he wouldn't have Joker wouldn't have been the main villain, but that um that scene the courtroom the, scene the courtroom yeah, scene he would have been a... he, he would have been the judge. Yes. Yes. That was the intention. Yes. The intention was to have the Joker be the judge. Yes, because that's very famous in comic book lore and mm-hmm. animated series lore. Yep. yep. And it would have been true because it because the Joker is Batman's antithesis, neither can kill each other. And he says it. He's like, he, in that interrogation scene, I don't want to kill you. You're too much fun. Yeah, essentially. That's pretty good. You Thanks. complete me, is what he says in the, in this. And it's like... Oh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> he loves watching old sports movies. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises for me. Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Fuck my life. Yeah, Dark or, Knight Rises. Or the Dark Knight, comma, rises for you. Got yes. it. Yes, that's what I meant. Thank you. <laughs> Good save, Joe. Thanks. Edit that out. No. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I mean, this is always a tough choice because the Dark Knight is obviously heralded as... Heralded? Herald. I said it weird. As one of the best movies in the genre, one of the people's favorite movies that you talk to. I think it's great. I love Heath Ledger's performance in it. I also love Batman Begins. It doesn't have the iconic villain that the Dark Knight has, unfortunately. I think that would really raise it up. I do, however, enjoy Batman Begins more than the Dark Knight. This is no secret. We've talked about it before. I think the Dark Knight drags a little bit. It just feels a little bit long, but it's so good that I just feel like Batman Begins deserves a vote here. So I'm going to give it one, even though I know the Dark Knight's moving on. Well, exactly how I thought it was. Yep. Me too. <laughs> What's up next, Who does? Corey? Oh, it's Corey, right? Yeah. Me, right? Yep. Which is our number three seed, Wonder Woman, versus our number two seed, Superman. This... That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> They're friends. I, I find it... This is... I'm going to look back here. Hold on. Before I don't want to open mouth insert foot. But, yeah, I'm going to say this is probably the easiest semifinal match that we've had to deal with. Well, for you. For me, anyways. For certainly for me, yeah. Um, Wonder Woman. Uh, it's getting to know who she is, seeing all of the the stuff that she goes through as a kid, watching her grow up, watching her make the decision to leave, and then that innocence. Innocence isn't necessarily the right word, but conviction, like blind conviction, is is the best way to say it because it's. She hasn't seen what the world has to offer as far as how much it can screw you over. It she's just pure this is what this is how I was brought up, this is how I was raised, this is what I believe, and that's what I'm gonna follow. I'm not I, it doesn't matter what 
any of the other situations are, this is what I'm supposed to do and when I'm supposed to do it. So when she drops that coat to stand up and climb that ladder to enter no man's land, it is the culmination of a person whose convictions outweigh any any fear of personal safety because she just knows that's what's supposed to happen. She knows she has to go that way. And if she's got to cross the most deadly battlefield, because no man's land is historically one of the most horrific battlefields to cross, whichever no man's land we're talking about, if she's got to do that on her own, she's going to do it on her own. And that's to, to have that courage in the face of that type of adversity and thus to make a bunch of men follow a woman after that, that's, to me, that's the mark of a true hero. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens to me. That I got to go that way. I'm going that way. It's Wonder Woman for me. Shocking no one. Shocking Did you hate Superman? No one. Because <laughs> Superman fucking sucks. Superman's pretty cool. He's pretty cool in that Superman's movie. Superman's grown on me over the years. Yeah, like I never used to be a Superman guy. I'm still not really, but there are moments, I get him. There, there are some shimmering, shining moments of Superman things mm-hmm. that I've seen that I've been like, okay. Like the one that, that we brought up a lot early on in the early days of the podcast where it's like Superman like has a breakdown. He's like, I live in a world of cardboard. You realize how much restraint yeah. it takes me to not just destroy everything all the time. It's the Justice League. Why do I destroy movie. everything I touch? That could be Superman. Yeah. But it's not. You got, I mean, you got to pay the dues to Superman. He's the the shining example of superhero movie. It all started with Superman. And minus him flying around the earth backwards to reverse time or whatever. What a terrible way to end this fucking movie. It's, yeah. It's, the rest yeah. of the movie is pretty good except for that. And Wonder Woman is just... It's very good. Like, it's, it's so solid... Outside of the weird boss battle, her her relationship with Steve Trevor is amazing. Their band of misfits, except for Charlie. Charlie sucks. Charlie does. Yeah, I I love Wonder Woman a lot, and it's No Man's Land is one of the greatest scenes. And then with Steve Trevor in the the plane at the end is also amazing. And I'm moving it on for those reasons. Sweep it. All right, now our finals. Or who's gonna punch the tickets to the finals, right? Oh, yeah. well, I guess they're finally DC. Yeah. Okay. You go, it's you, yeah. Joe. For some reason, I thought that was just me. In our final for the DC bracket, we have the Dark Knight at our one seed and our against our three seed, Wonder Woman. What a battle. I haven't talked about Wonder Woman at all yet. I've been saving it for this one because I think this is where we're really going to need our Wonder Woman juice to try to push this forward if that's where we choose to go. Wonder Woman is incredible. It is a great story. It's a great origin story. Prior to that point, the DCEU was in grungy and dark and overcast, and there was nothing bright about it. When you go to Themyscira for the first time, everything, everything is amazing. Is bright, it looks beautiful. It's vivid. It's so vivid. vivid. Mm-hmm. The blues are so deep, and the greens are lush. It's an it's island amazing. paradise. It's a place you want to revisit more through in these movies. Also, Robin Wright does an incredible job. I forgot her character's name in the movie, but it's Wonder Woman's aunt. Or it's um, the she's the one who plays Princess Buttercup. Yes, Buttercup. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even her mother, who is the I guess the queen of the Amazons, is is incredible in it as well. She she gives a great uh, performance. It's all set up for for Gal Gadot's character just like to live in that world and thrive in that world. Everything's set up for her, and she chooses to 
branch out because like she has a like a feeling inside of her that that is what she's supposed to do watching her experience life in the new world where we go from that bright vivid beautiful world to the smoky gray disgusting london streets london's well war ravaged london streets i guess right london england for you oh it's horrible (laughs) it's not for everybody um her trying on clothes and and her in in that time period interrupting important men during like like a meeting like that that doesn't happen but she doesn't know any better and she's just going for it anyway that you already touched on the no man's land scene where you see her in full armor and and ready to go and she's at the height of her power she's well now you're even at the height of her power it's the first big reveal of her power to everybody around right they even steve trevor even says like these people haven't moved three inches in three months and you yeah. just can't walk across that and she does it it's incredibly moving Maybe you can't we've, we've talked about it yeah, a lot it's so and then she kind of like rallies everybody and they wind up taking the village which is incredible it's amazing i'm a big chris pine fan this is one of his best roles I love the relationship between Chris Pine, Steve Trevor, and Wonder Woman, where she's like experiencing love with 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 somebody else other than a family member for like like the first time, like true love, like romantic love, yeah. and it's great. I fucking hate Charlie. I really wish there was a deleted scene where Charlie does something. Yeah, they just didn't complete his arc as a character. Because everyone in that posse, including Chief, including the one that wants to be an actor, Sammy, they they, they get like a little redemption moment or, or or a moment where they get to do what they really want to do Charlie gets nothing Charlie there gets has to be a del- there has to be a deleted scene where he does something it has to be I hope so. doesn't exist like for for the viewing public maybe it wound up on the cutting room floor so yeah. Charlie is a glorified Scrooge McDuck, McDuck sounding motherfucker who has PTSD and can't fire a gun when he has to yeah anyway but one time he really really does have to Ares is the main villain and that's a CGI mess yes, it really it is. It's the one thing that brings that movie down is is, is the him, Ares. Yeah, him having her having to fight Ares sucks. But I do like the the Doctor Death, whatever they called her. The, yeah, uh, Doctor Death, is what they where her. she's like the the master of like the the gas and the poison bombs. I I like um the guy that plays Striker. What the hell is his name? Like I haven't. Oh, it's, uh, Danny Houston. Yeah, Danny Houston. His character is really good in it, also, where he's getting like almost drunk with power, like drunk off that gas that's mm-hmm. like giving him like the special ability. That whole dynamic's fine, and they do a bait and switch where you think he's going to be Ares, but it turns out to be David Thewlis, Professor Lupin, <laughs> <laughs> like the the entire time. The the hardest thing about this movie, about Wonder Woman, is that I constantly want to just name the character like say the characters based on the other things I've seen them in. Professor Lupin sure. or um, the guy from 30 Days of Night. <laughs> yeah, like I haven't really seen Professor Lupin in anything else besides the Harry Potter movies. And yeah. this. So like it, I just instantly call to that. Um, but, and I, I love the Steve, Steve Trevor moment where he's telling like Wonder Woman like it doesn't matter. I have we're doing this because it's like the right thing to do. Where she was like, "No, you lied to me." Well, all that they're going through that, and he's just like that look on his face, like, "Yeah, I'm probably gonna die right now, but I'm going down doing the right thing, and that's enough for him." I really, truly enjoyed that. Well, going back to the point that I made about um, her not caring, her not knowing anything else, and just the blind conviction that she has. It's the same, but like, to your point, like she could stay on. I can never say. Mascara. Thank you. 
Um, she could stay there and she's set up and she could rule the Amazons and be happy and it'd be great. But she's got, she knows in her heart that she has to go because there's a problem out there. Again, that that's the con- that same conviction I talked about earlier. You see it there. And for them to turn around at the end and have Steve Trevor be like, I like to, to have Steve Trevor also show that blind conviction because he wanted to, he was thinking about just quitting a couple times and he didn't. And then now he's got that blind conviction. I don't care if it's right or not. It's what I'm doing. It's because it's what I have to do. Nobody wants to go up and blow up an airplane and wants like go down with the plane. But sometimes for the greater good, you need, sometimes you need a Chris to, to take a plane down. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's another Chris that, uh, Evans. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's where I went with it. Uh, yeah. I, I, that movie's not on here. It's not on here. And you compare that. You can. You're. We're, we're literally comparing the best Christopher Nolan Batman movie to the best DCEU movie. That's what this comes down to. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah. This and and, and this is this is an, the ultimate test for us i think because this comes down to does in my opinion looking at it from me this right here comes down to the best villain scene versus the best hero scene and which scene comes out on top for me this mo- this battle comes down to the movie i think is technically the best and the movie that i enjoy the most for me it comes down to one of the best performances in the superhero movie we've ever had to i think a more important movie like i really think wonder woman had to succeed i agree it it, it did and i mean it had to succeed for a myriad of reasons it It needed the dceu out of the ashes it did even though it had at the time the lowest opening of any of the other dceu movies but it was so good it it gained the momentum it deserved it rightfully deserved has the DCEU done anything with that momentum? No. No? No, not really, unfortunately. It's not, but it's not Wonder Woman's fault. It's no. not Wonder Woman's fault, no. I mean, they're about to come out with another Wonder Woman that's probably also going to be awesome. Hopefully. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, for me, I, like I said, it's, it's going to come down to does No Man's Land beat Heath Ledger telling Batman how it is? I sincerely and honestly don't know how, I, how I'm going to vote here. This is... There have been a bunch of really, really tough, hard decisions to make tonight. This one sucks so bad. I like the score of Wonder Woman more than I like the score for The Dark Knight. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm picking Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Wonder Woman. I've, I don't know. I just I feel Wonder Woman means more to me than the, uh, than the, the Dark Knight. Although, I will say this, I do feel The Dark Knight is a better movie from start to finish than Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. But I, I, you know what? It's my vote, damn it, and I want to vote for Wonder Woman. I'm voting for Wonder Woman. As is your right. As a citizen of America and as a member of this podcast community. More so the member of the podcast for this particular issue. Correct. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go and vote in November. But I you can't you can't vote for these movies though. No. Right in ballot. I can write in. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman for president. <laughs> I'd like to write in the Dark Knight for president, please. You mean the Christopher Nolan movie? Yep, just a Blu-ray copy sitting at the oval, uh, sitting at the desk. Might be better.
What harm could it do? <laughs> it couldn't hurt. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Joe, you can make me... You can either make the decision for me or make me be a tiebreaker. That's fine, but... Oh, no. In my heart of hearts, I have an answer. I Honestly, honest to God, guys, I can't... I was going to say culturally, cultural significance, but they're both really culturally significant. It the Dark really Knight is. is the reason why we have more Best Picture nominees in the Oscars. Or at least... An overwhelming part of the reason. And Wonder Woman was just exactly what the world needed at the time we got it. The ir- the irony. God damn it, the irony of that. Because yeah. he's not the hero we need. <laughs> he's the hero we deserve. He's not the one we need right now. God damn it, Joe, why would you say that? I don't know. Fuck. I don't need a decision here, guys. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I love Wonder Woman. I love No Man's Land. I'm not voting against Heath Ledger. Dark Knight. All right, uh, with with my gut instinct, I'm going with the movie I enjoy more. I'm going to say Wonder Woman. You know what? Now I'm really happy I, I did vote Dark Knight. That makes me feel better. That was close. That was I can't believe Dark Knight didn't come out of that. I'm happy. I'm honestly su- very surprised. Jesus Christ. Here we go, ladies right, and gentlemen. We got to get that. This is going to be so long. Unless you want to stop and do it again. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's midnight now? Yeah, let's do the, All right. let's do the, the finals. The final four on the left side of the bracket we have from animated number one seeded Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse versus the number three seeded from the MCU Avengers Endgame. On the right side of the bracket in non-MCU Marvel we have the number one seeded Logan going up against the number three seed from DC Wonder Woman. That's one, three, one, three. One, three, one, three. We're going to start on the left side and do animated versus MCU, and then we'll finish it out non-MCU Marvel. We'll get the finals done, and we'll get you guys out of here, just like Joe. More importantly, got us out of here. For real. (laughs) I left my house this morning at 5 a.m., so let's do this, bitch. Into the Spider-Verse versus Endgame. Um, Yeah, you're fine. This This sucks, because both of these movies are... Yeah. Unfucking believable. I think that it's two different types of emotional roller coasters. I think it's two different types of emotional gut punches that we're trying to weigh and measure here. I think they're both incredible achievements of cinema in their own right. They really are. You have a brand new style of animation in Into the Spider-Verse where it combines a number of different animated styles that we've seen before. With like this Art Deco culture pop, and it's 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 pretty incredible. And they made a phenomenal movie that would not work if it was live action. Absolutely, it not. would not have worked out nearly as well. You really can't. And you've got the culmination of ten years of work and ten years of patiently waiting and seeing how this universe is going to build, and bringing together at the end of the day, four or I'm going to say four different individual movie sets within the MCU all come together on screen at one time, right? If you think of the regular Avengers guardians as a second, like the, the, like the third wave in the Ant-Man's and the Dr. Strange's and stuff like that. And then Wakanda. Yeah. Wakandans and you know, Captain Marvel shows up. Like, I mean, every, every person. I was thinking of infinity war when I said Wakanda. 
Well, the Wakandans do show up. They do, but the, there's, it's not there's the so much of, more Wakanda in Infinity so War. There's so much more Wakanda in Infinity War, for sure. This is, you know, and it's it's coming back and trying to defeat a foe that has already kicked the shit out of you. Who is also, like, you guys like really like Heath Ledger as the Joker, and obviously so do I, but I don't think he's the top guy. He's, like tied for top with Thanos as far as top comic book villain because Thanos has such conviction and such a... He's got a solid plan. Yeah. Not only does he have a and solid plan... he's willing plan. to do whatever it takes. Not only does he have yeah, a solid plan... That's a different movie, though. That's Infinity War. I, I, Thanos and Infinity War are totally different. Oh, yeah, that's Thanos, fair. Thanos, yeah. Thanos, yeah. God, I just watched Infinity War <laughs> and I'm getting all mixed up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, right. if, if Infinity War was on here, Thanos, I mean... Thanos in Infinity War is the best, the best film. Because I can see myself siding with him on any given day. I can see myself being like, you know what? Thanos isn't wrong. It's insane to say it, but that's, he, he, he it's not like he's being crazy for crazy sake. He's, he's got reasoning behind him, but that's not. I've segued us and this is my fault for being dumb. Yeah. That's okay. Um. I, I, this is, again, talk about a tough battle here. I, I'll pull the Band-Aid off early. I, I don't think as great and amazing as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is, I don't think it can top the feelings I get watching certain moments in Avengers Endgame. As emotional as Into the Spider-Verse is, and, uh, and as much as it hits me in the feels, there are things that happen in Avengers Endgame that, you know strike chords that I didn't even knew could be struck. And that's, again, a mark of a, of a brilliant filmmaker and an achievement in cinema. There's actually two two of them, two filmmakers. I'm going yeah. to go next to build some drama here because if you know me, you know that Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite movie ever because it's such an achievement. It's such a great movie it's it's about family it's about friends it's about coming of age it's got everything in it it's got great humor i think it's phenomenal nothing not to take anything away from avengers endgame because that movie's so good and such a trip but i'm never voting against into the spider-verse so i'm picking it to move on avengers endgame we've talked about it so, so much already i mean the roller coaster of emotions the achievement in cinema the culmination of 10 years of, of these movies into into this is, is what we got um we we i don't know if we talked so much about how well they budgeted their time between going with different groups when they have to travel in time to accomplish certain tasks i thought that was done really well which was really why it doesn't feel like a three hour and 20 minute movie it's because it's paced so well it's, it's incredibly incredibly paced thanos in this is he dies twice i mean he's so much he's so much better yeah he is so <laughs> he's much so better much better in infinity war, in infinity war than, right. than he is in this one he's five years older in infinity war he is yeah he's five, five years, years wiser older. he's five years wiser that's that's part of it, you know. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Different movie though. Sure. So, <laughs> um, 
I love Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. There was, I mean, this movie came out too early in the year, but he was getting early Oscar buzz as like a supporting actor for it. But Disney decided not to push that envelope. Even when he comes back from space early, uh, early on, where he's so thin because he hasn't yeah. been eating, and then he like tells off Captain America because like, hey, we lost, and like he, you know what? That was just such such a gripping moment. Uh, also. It makes you forget about Captain Marvel until Captain Marvel shows up, which is, like, really cool. Like, normally, like, Star Wars did it so poorly where, like, you know everyone's going to show up because they keep mentioning it time after time yes. after time after time. Where this one, wow, Captain Marvel showed up. That's really, that's, like, that's amazing. This is the perfect time for her. I forgot about her. She's going to kick some ass right now. It's awesome. You also get one of, like, Thanos... Thanos' face when Captain Marvel blows up his ship, like, he realizes it is officially an all or nothing. It is a zero-sum game now because he has to win or he's he can't go nowhere. That's, I thought that was... That's it. Well, his, so. his entire motivations changed at that point where he doesn't, want to bring, strong she is. he doesn't want to bring... He doesn't want to bring balance to the universe anymore. He wants to enslave the planet and he wants to, like, to, to take it over, which is why he, like, he just goes down a notch in that game. It's five years younger, Thanos. He's, he's, exactly. he's young and crazy. Yeah, but still, though, he's trying to... It's, 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 yeah. it's moot. For Into the Spider-Verse, like... It's not my favorite Spider-Man movie. All right, Far From Home is, and I'm I'm sorry I have to be the one <laughs> one um, to, to 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 break the tie on this. It is an incredible movie. It's probably the best animated movie I've ever seen. In in all honesty, it's uh, right up there with like a Toy Story three, and this just. Uh, the, the animation style is incredible. I do I didn't think I was gonna like a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie because I'm not very familiar with Miles Morales, but I I did. Don't worry, you get like three Peter Parkers too. <laughs> No, I, I I loved it, and uh, every uh, every type of Spider-Man that they bring in is just hits the nail on the head. Having Nicolas Cage like the Spider-Man noir is is like really funny. Like I like to do two things: drink egg creams and fight Nazis, and um, all that egg cream, whatever he says. It's you know, it hits the nail on the head. My my, I do think Kingpin Kingpin is comically huge. I know why they did it. I don't think they had to have done it that way the fact that he's at a banquet giving a speech and he's five times as big as a podium but nobody seems to like mind or like no one's going like hey look at that guy he's fucking huge because they know they'll die <laughs> it was, it was just die. funny to me i mean we all saw the movie together every time king ping came on screen i laughed like yeah. he's like this is like way too big can confirm but be that as it may I, i'm moving avengers endgame along now for the saddest cross off of my life. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. It's on my side. I could do it. I could no. save you this. No. <laughs> no, Joe needs to do it. It's the only way he's gonna sleep. It's the tonight. only way I'm gonna heal. Oh, maybe I'll sleep tonight. <laughs> Regardless, I'm just not gonna write it till it's over. It's too much. We are at the last match leading into the very finals. It is number one Logan versus number three Wonder Woman. This this was my top two movies for comic book movies for that year. Same, in that order. Yeah, I just think Logan's a more complete movie. It's um, it's a masterclass in acting. It really is. I mean, if, if it's, it is, and it's how you end the movie. Logan's third act shines. Wonder Woman's takes a noticeable dip. Yep. And the fact that 
I just just talk about the end scene where he, you get the Logan funeral and Laura makes that speech that's from Shane because it's the first movie that she's ever seen. So she memorizes that speech though when she's watching it with Charles and the fact that they pick up the the makeshift cross and turn it to an X. Come on. <laughs> You're not top of that. It's a it's a great first, second, third act movie, whereas Wonder Woman is a great first, second act movie and it and it falls apart in the third. Um which is a shame for it. Like, it's a shame that Wonder Woman couldn't couldn't close itself out. Like, I, I could you imagine if Wonder Woman was like a complete three act movie? How much harder this conversation would be? I mean, it is. It just it it gets a little messy in the third act. Yes. Yeah. It still finishes strong. Right. Well, I think it finishes strong, but we have to deal with a weird CGI battle with yeah. areas that that just isn't. If I could remove one thing, need, it would be that. Yes. Yeah. You don't. You don't need that. I don't want areas to exist i want the idea of areas to exist which is what i thought they were gonna go with and they turns just... out it was just some asshole nope it's actually a god <laughs> oh but even if you wanted that to be the case let that let that stew right like you don't have to introduce and finish Ares all in one shot like you he could come back would have been a great tease right would have been great tease Ares exists they do what they do and then we were waiting for wonder woman to yeah there's no technical proof that Ares existed, but she's still convinced that he does, like that type of thing. It could have been great. Um, yeah, I, I guess then. I think it's a sweep, right? It's a sweep for Logan. To move pushing into Logan through. Logan, Logan versus Endgame. Jesus Christ. I'm happy with this. This is this is gonna be a battle for the ages. It's not my dream final, but it's, it's also it's also not my dream final. I think it's mine. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather have Far From Home in there. Nope, I'm I'm Endgame versus Logan. Unless so, uh, the I'm only Spider Verse versus Logan. Yeah. Unless the dark, I, actually, I probably would have voted Dark Knight. No, I don't think I would have. I think I probably would have voted Logan still. Really? Over Dark Knight? Probably. Wow. Probably. I know how much you love Dark Knight. So I did, yeah. but yeah, but Logan. Before you, you do go into that. Yeah. Joe introduced the final so we can get this ball rolling. Sure. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our final matchup to decide who wins the entire tournament, we've got, out of the non-MCU Marvel, the one seed, Logan, versus out of the MCU bracket, the three seed, Avengers Endgame. This, to me, is like a powerhouse like Duke. Like like, if, like a March Madness mm-hmm. like tournament. This is UNC Duke. Well, no, this is like Duke versus, like, Butler. Like... Endgame is an ensemble cast, it's an ensemble movie, it has a lot of superstar power holding it up, and Logan is a one-man show. Like, I don't know if you guys are big into college basketball history, like, Duke versus Kentucky in that epic matchup, like, Jamal Mashburn was on Kentucky and had nobody else around him, where Duke had, like, Grant Hill and Christian Leitner and, um, uh... Other people, probably. I can't, the names are escaping me, it's really late, but, (laughs) um... Look, Logan's like the little engine I could hear. Um, it's it's a one-person show versus an ensemble, which is like what I just said. But it does. I don't think Logan has enough firepower to defeat the powerful Endgame. Unfortunately, they are two vastly different movies. Um, but Endgame is carrying the entire weight of the MCU on his shoulders, and Logan. A lot of people don't even consider it like an X-Men movie. Like they make the distinction. Like Logan is just a 
it's the Wolverine story, it's a Wolverine trilogy, an original X-Men trilogy, and like an X-Men new class like like set. So it doesn't have that franchise power backing it up. I'm going to have to go Avengers Endgame here. It pains me to say it, but like, cause Logan was like such like a profound movie for me. This is like mommy and daddy are fighting, but I'm going with uh, Avengers Endgame. So uh, I don't know what you want to do, Joe. I don't know what I want to do either. Because so. I, I do have a vote. I'm pretty sure I might know what your vote is, but okay, go for it. So, going back to the point before we introduce the final, had Dark Knight beat out Wonder Woman like I wanted it to, and it was Dark Knight versus Logan, I think Logan would have beat out the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight. I love that movie. Top. I love it to pieces. Wow. Yeah. Um, But the thing that would have edged Logan out was that it is a complete performance from open to close by Hugh Jackman, right? Where the Dark Knight, yes, Heath Ledger is incredible in it from start to finish, but we're all, but it's not technically Heath Ledger's story, right? It's still a Batman movie. So there's all of this stuff that happens without Heath, when Heath Ledger isn't on screen, which, you know, it, it's just, Logan, we don't get that. Every scene... Logan is carrying that movie. Hugh Jackman is carrying this movie from start to fucking finish. Now, you said Avengers Endgame is carrying the weight of the MCU on its shoulder, and it's got more star power, it's got more people behind it, and that's why you're moving it forward. Mm -hmm. I am voting Logan for the exact opposite reason, because it is a masterclass in acting where one man has performed, has put forth the performance of a lifetime. I don't know that I like Logan better than Avengers Endgame. I just personally think that a movie that can be carried by one man deserves at least a shot to win this whole thing. It certainly got a shot. Great. Thanks. Sorry, Joe. Thanks, I, guys. I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It just, it's fitting that it works out this way, I guess. Sure. That's Which is some, really ironic because I have drama. Figured, I honestly figured when I saw it, it would probably be the other way. I love Logan. I, these are two of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. I just, I'm being totally objective, and Endgame's just a better movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> it is, barely, but it, it is. They're two different, two different styles. Mm -hmm. Yes, Hugh Jackman's giving, like, a very good performance. Patrick Stewart's also giving a very good performance. But... It may be longer because it's the entire movie. Is it better than the performance that uh, Robert Downey Jr. gives? It's different, but is it better? One's like a starring role, one's like a supporting role, but they're both very good. Uh, it, you could you gun to my gun to my head. I'll tell you a different movie every time you put the gun to my head. Like I don't know which one of these movies is better. Why do we keep putting a gun to your head? Corey? I don't know, Joe. You you the one you're the one that brought the gun here. I'm not doing it. When's the last time you watched Slogan? Uh, a long time ago. When's the last time you watched Endgame? About a week ago. And it's like your go-to, right? Because yeah, because it's, it's incredible. <laughs> I'm like, oh <laughs> but the fact that we can talk so highly about a movie where it's like one man's performance can carry a movie like that that powerfully is so impressive to me. I'm not saying that Endgame doesn't deserve to win. If Joe picks Endgame, I will be equally happy. But Maybe just to add drama, I think it needs to go in 1-1. One, one. Sure. I, don't, I don't want it to be a sweep. Okay. And my winner is Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it? It's my show. I can do what I want. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> You've been here some... <laughs>
minutes it's eight. Yeah. Don't give a shit. I'll nope. have fun editing this, Joe. Um, I won't. So, Logan is a phenomenal movie, and Avengers Endgame is a phenomenal experience. Logan is so good, <laughs> but it's just not as culturally relevant as Avengers Endgame was. Avengers Endgame was an amazing experience in theater. People were talking during the movie because they were so excited. I didn't even mind any other movie that would drive me nuts. Just the ups and downs, the highs and lows. That It's not a perfect movie. I think Logan is closer to a perfect movie than Avengers Endgame is from like a writing and plot standpoint. But just the way Endgame made me feel, that was a phenomenal experience. So I have to pick it to win. The fact that it's not a perfect movie, but it's still... It doesn't yeah. matter that it's not a perfect yeah. movie. Yeah. That's right. how high the highs are it's... and how grippingly low the lows are. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm really happy Endgame came out on top, but Logan... I figured it would. It's a joke that it's a three seed. Yeah. (laughs) I just can't... Logan didn't deserve to get swept in the finals. No, it didn't. It's good enough that it deserves a vote. And that's our winner of the Super Movie Showdown is Avengers Endgame. I'm sure many of you out there take issue with many things that happened in the bracket. Sure. Tell us who you think should have come out on top then. In an email. You can do that. By emailing us at zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Boom. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at zthpodcast. Or follow us on Facebook, Zero's Talking Heroes, Zero's and Heroes, and an ES. Facebook.com backslash zthpodcast. Did that backwards. You flipped the script. I don't know what to do. I'm going home, going to bed. Yeah, That's it's time fair. for us to go to bed. It's 1230 at night. Joe's got to be up in probably four hours to go to work or some yeah. nonsense because his life... Sucks tomorrow. Next week, we don't know what we're doing. We're going to do a bloodshot, but because of the uh, issues going on in the country right now, we don't feel it's safe to go to the movie theater unless something changes. Um, Joe will put something in post what we're doing next week. We'll decide. I probably won't. It'll be a mystery to all of us. It'll be a mystery to all of us. We'll see. Well, this is going to be a uh, two-parter anyway, right? Yep. And it's my job to remind you that... (laughs) Every movie out there there is is someone's favorite movie, including these 32. (laughs) Good job, guys. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 